It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. LMFM Podcasts with CNC Carpets. We bring the showroom to you. Or you can book a personal consultation at our fabulous new showroom in Moortown, Dramiskin. Call 87 237 or visit our website at cnccarpets.com to book an appointment. CNC Carpets, for all your carpet and wood flooring needs. I swung into the building like Mary Poppins today. Oh, all I was short was the brolly and I would have taken off over the roof with the wind. My, oh my, what weather we're having at the moment between rain and wind. Anyway, there's a lot of comfort for the next couple of hours if you sit down, settle in and listen to us here on Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. You're very welcome to the show this Friday afternoon. Usual crack on Friday. We'll have your TV theme to identify. We have comedy for you and it has to be, hasn't it? Peter Kay this week. The tickets go on sale tomorrow. Sport, <laughs> not as you know it though today on the show on Women With Opinions among uh, the uh, items and guests we have coming up uh, between now and half past three. But I want you to listen to a story first today. It goes back to September 2015 and it involves uh, a wonderful GAA club, St Mary's in Denorn, County Meath. And back then the club were doing a big, big job on their clubhouse. And a group of volunteers arrived and set to work on this day in September 2015. One of those being Seamus Brady. And I want you to have a listen now. I spoke to Seamus just before coming on air today. He recalls what happened to him on that day. We were taken down to the old clubhouse and we had planned a mission to build a state-of-the-art new clubhouse for St Mary's in Denor. When we arrived that morning, we were asked to take the slates off the roof because slates is not classed as rubble. They had to be handballed and put into a separate jumbo bin before the whole building could be knocked. There was 10 of us there that morning got stuck into it. The roof wasn't that high of a pitch. You could walk up and down. The angle wasn't that high of an angle, not like a house roof. We were taking the, the slates off and um, we had the back of the clubhouse stripped, the slate stripped and we had started well into the the near side of the of the roof. A lot of the slate and lats were, were removed. They were all removed from the back and they had, the lads had started at the front removing the slate and lats. I was walking up to get slates. I kind of was distracted. Someone asked me, what do you think we should do with the felt at the back, Jamie? And I just took my eye off as I was walking up and I stepped out on the felt and went down through the felt. We had the slabs of the ceilings gone, but the timbers were still there. So I went down through them and onto the concrete floor. I broke my left wrist, my right shoulder, and shattered my right elbow. I'd also bruised my kidneys and, and, and um, had cuts to my face and ear. There was 10 of us actually volunteered that morning and I was the unlucky one. Yeah, and it can so easy happen, Seamus, as well. You know, just in a, a split second, this That's has right. been life-changing for you. I'd never been out of work since I was 17. I, I served my time as a plumber. You know, if I was laid off or anything, I pruned apple trees for a while and laboured for a while. And then I got in with a contractor for Flowgas, the local gas company. And eventually I got into the gas company, taking all the problem calls from hotels and etc. I was a goer, you know. I purchased a site when I was 19. I stuck a mobile home on the site. Eventually, after 14 years, we got planning mission. I built a house, I worked two jobs. And, but I was just trying to explain that, that I was a goer and I was always a volunteer. Like People helped me when I was building my house. A lot of my friends came and I helped them on different jobs. And when the call came out that day, I didn't think twice of volunteering. It was in me and my father always, and mother always taught me to help people. So I went up on the roof never even thought of an accident. As a result now, 
I haven't worked since. I'm attending the um, Sanitary Sports Clinic in, in, in Dublin to deal with my shoulder pains and I get injections up there every so often. St. James has diagnosed me with, with depressive anxiety. I get it hard to function now, where I used to be very outgoing and forward going. There's nerve damage now to my left, my left hand and the muscle is wasted and that. It's left hand dominant. I have no motivation now. That's what I'm left with. I, I just feel tired and no motivation. And I want to go for a walk, but getting from the house to the, to the road is, is the hardest point. So not alone physically, Seamus, but within yourself and your whole mentality and approach to life has been shattered, really. That's right. That's right. I was very confident. Like In my job at work, I used to have to, you know, a hotel would ring and say there's no gas coming through. Someone dug up and I would have to sort all that out, contractors and organised contractors to call. And, and I was well able for that job because I was on the road myself for years for a contract with the gas company. Now I can't make simple decisions in the house. Yvonne makes all the decisions. I have no go go on me. But not only that, that end of things, I worry about everything now, Jerry. Financially, uh, financial ruin, and only for the help of, of my mother, who's eighty nine, helped us out at Christmas and stuff like that. We wouldn't we wouldn't be able to survive. We can we can survive at the moment, food wise and stuff like that. But any little thing, our cars two thousand and six. It was 800 quid's worth of to pass the NCT uh, a month ago and um, a friend of mine gave me, gave me the money for it. I mean, what they kind of have to teach. And I'm living on handouts. I'm a proud man and, and, you know, I worked till the day I was 53 when the accident happened. And from 17 to 53, I was never at work. So what you're but, saying to me is, and I hear what you're saying, and our listeners do as well, Seamus, you weren't yeah. a man that was shy of work and you went to work every day and you wanted to work and you provided for your family and since this accident happened you haven't been able to and of course you're 60 years of age now it's understandable that you worry for yourself and your family's future it's been a long road since 2015 to 2022 it's been too long hasn't it really yeah well a lot of water's gone under the bridge but i I have to say that the club and and the organization have come good now with this fundraiser and i really appreciate what they're doing it might relieve some of the worries I've had about the car breaking or if we needed to get something done. We had no cash there for that. All our surplus cash was gone. Any of our savings is all gone. It's long gone. But I do appreciate what's what's going on now. I know it's seven years after the, the event, but it's never too late. That was my attitude through life too. There's nothing that can't be done or sorted out. And I, I just, I do appreciate everyone, friends, family, that's promoting this fundraiser and um, hopefully it takes off. And the volunteers, I, I went up last Saturday, a friend of mine brought me up and I thanked them individually, everyone, every one of the volunteers, there's 16 volunteers and they're doing two counties each. I just represent me and my family just to thank them so much. Oh, it's fantastic and it's yeah. the least you deserve because there you were as a volunteer, treasurer of the club, giving of your time and it was just you that day, the unfortunate one that went through the roof and hit the ground and we've just been hearing the implications of it for your life since. My whole family and Yvonne's, my partner's family, were, were big GAA families. My father played with the Mead Juniors, brother played with the Mead Minors, and my father was a founding member of the club, St Mary's, when the Noran and Lahore joined together to form St Mary's. I played all my life. I coached the, the juniors for 10 years, and uh, I was selected on the team a few years ago on, on the senior team. We're a big GAA family on both sides. Even after the accident, we're still GAA family. And and they appreciate everyone that's doing everything for us. And anyone that donates to, to this fund, I appreciate it so much. Seamus Brady there speaking to me just uh, before I came on air today, uh, seven years ago, 2015, when... The hand of fate touched Seamus and you hear a story there and how life has been so difficult for him and his family since. Uh, listening to Seamus talking there, Seamus, as he's known, is the chairperson of St Mary's, Denor Robert Victory, who joins me now. Hello, Robert. Hi, Jay. How are you doing? Thanks very much for having us on. Not at all. You, you're you familiar with the story, I know, and I just wanted to bring it to our listeners today to understand uh, how Seamus ha- has been. Now, I suppose everyone's listening, thinking, what is he talking about this fundraiser? Will you explain to our listeners what kick-a-point for Seamus is? So, 
uh, thanks very much, Jay. So essentially what um, we are attempting to do this Saturday, uh, tomorrow now at this stage, is to, that a member of St Mary's GFC will kick a point in every county ground in Ireland. So that's 32 county grounds. And we're also um, going to kick a point in London's county ground, which is Royslip. Wow. Yes. Great. So, that's fantastic, isn't it? Well, listen, it's something novel. It's a little bit different. And mm. from our perspective, it's to try and get Jamie's story out there in front of as many people as we possibly can, not just GA people and volunteers, but people in general who, you know, when hearing a story will realise that, you know, he is in trouble at the moment. He does need help and our financial assistance and that, you know, a volunteer in their hour of need that we can't turn our back on and his family so we just want through social media to make this a huge event over the weekend for example if we can get and we will get uh, Shamey's story shared among all the county boards and all the Twitters and all the Facebooks for each county the reach of that is potentially one to one and a half million people over the weekend so we're hoping that it will get some traction and we get the the money and the funds that Shamey and his family so badly need so all counties have more than been uh, helpful to you, cooperated, the grounds will be open, the kicks will happen and I'm sure all that will be uh, filmed as well and, and the social media platforms will be alive with it too. So uh, 16 uh, volunteers from your club, two county grounds apiece to do and London included as well and yes. uh, there will be uh, points kicked in all those grounds tomorrow. Now here's the thing, there are people listening today and they'd like to help this man. What's the easiest way to support the fund? I suppose through social media we are posting every day with links to the GoFundMe page but if anybody out there wants to support, if they go to GoFundMe they're not on social media, if they go to GoFundMe and just type in kick a point and Shamie's will be, the fundraiser will be top there, click into it and donate whatever you can, anything that you could give would be greatly appreciated um, we, we also accept that there are some people for whatever reason might like to donate but don't have a debit card or a smartphone mm. or access to the internet you know I'd be happy at the end here to give out my phone number or my email address if anyone wants to contact me all we'd say to them is if their son or daughter or brother or sister are on Facebook ask them to contact us directly and we'll reach out and make contact with that person Fantastic so kick a point as all you have to do is to put into Google that or put it into go into GoFundMe put in kick a point and Shamey will kick a point for Shamey uh, will will come up there he, yeah. he, he's he been through a lot like there's no need to go over that ground again he has and it's been a long time seven years but it's fantastic that this weekend is now happening and the ball is really rolling. Absolutely and you know even from speaking to you know Shamey over the last couple of months as we were organising this event you know even to see his spirits lift you know with the prospect of this being lifted from himself and his family to give them some financial security back and, and some dignity back in their life um, because you know Shamey and the Bradys have been an integral part of St Mary's GFC from his father Jimmy to himself and his brothers you know they're they're joined at the hip and we really really want to get this sorted for him and and, and give him some as I say some security back and and, you know Mm. you know those sleepless nights and those restless times when he's anxious and worried about the future to make that all go away as, as quickly as we possibly can Yes and as he said he is a proud man he's worked all his life from 17 until this happened he never missed a day uh, he was even telling me which I, I, I haven't included there that he used to go on a motorbike to Dublin to the North Wall for years up and back every day to a job there he'd never be without work and he's not one he's not a slacker if you'd like to say at all and he would love to be able to work still but he just can't because of the circumstances so folks tomorrow is the day it's happening kick a point for Shamey in 32 county grounds in this country and beyond. Do you want to give your own details there, uh, Robert, in case anybody doesn't go online to help and wants to help in another way? Absolutely. So listen, my number is 087-377-9942. I'm happy to take a call from anybody and my email address is chairperson.stmarys.mead at gaa.ie and thanks very much for giving us the opportunity to, Not you know, to get Jamie's story and the fundraiser out there. And we just ask anybody who can to give whatever they can. And if you can't on social media, give 
at least share and like and to try and get Jamie's story out there and you know we get a, a positive resolution for him and the family Absolutely Robert's number again 87 We have that number here off our main LMFM number if you want to call in and get it and touch base with Robert. Good luck to you all tomorrow. We wish you well. Let's uh, get right behind. Kick a point for Shamey. Thank you, Robert. Thanks, Jerry. Thank you very much. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. He deserves support, this man. He's uh, just GAA through and through and was just so unlucky on that day and uh, every euro will be appreciated. They have a TV theme for you to identify. I'm getting better at saying that, I have to say, every week when I just pluck up my lips and get my mouth properly around a TV theme. Uh, anyway, we have another one for you today. We have a nice prize to send out to one of you listening to us on Late Lunch. Here it is. Yes, our TV theme this afternoon. It's very typical. It's very topical. Do you know what it is? 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. We need your answers and we'll pick a winner before the end of the show this afternoon. Uh, we have a guest. Well, we have many guests to come. Women with Opinions are with us today. Kira Burke and Carmen McCarthy coming up after two. But we have a guest sports reviewer on the show this afternoon. And I believe she's busy doing her homework at the moment, studying and uh, just looking into the weekend sport ahead. Will you be ready? Will you be ready for after three? Well, I'll try and not make a total fool of myself, but I can't promise anything. <laughs> just to let you know, you have to know, remember, we're doing Premier League soccer. We're covering off GAA and Rugby Union today, even. So, uh, yeah, 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 okay. I'm putting you on the spot a bit there. We don't do much rugby even with David, uh, but you're in the spotlight for rugby union. Is there a difference between rugby and rugby union? Well, there's rugby league and rugby union. Right. There is a difference. There is a difference. They're two different sports. They're similar, but they're different. 13 aside in rugby league, 15 aside in rugby union. All right. Mm-hmm. And rugby league is played sort of a minority sport in a small sort of the northwest, northeast, of, northwest of England and in Australia, New Zealand, a few other countries. Wouldn't be as widespread in the world as rugby union. And OK, so there's no, is there a rugby league in Ireland? We have a rugby league team and the World Cup is going on at the moment in, oh. in England, but we're, we're not great. But okay. we are great at rugby union. I'm giving you too much information here. I'm preparing you too well. Mm. We are great at rugby, it rugby union. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now well, I'm worried. Or as Jared when he was, my, our, Michael played it when he was little. He used to call it rugby. I was, down, I was down the rugby. I was down the rugby today. Yes, he was indeed. Uh, late lunch, LM FM radio. We're heading towards the top of the hour, two o'clock. And I want to say a big happy birthday in advance to the best known plumber in the northeast, Dick Hughes. It's his birthday tomorrow. That comes in from Kevin and Maureen. Here you are, Dick. Just for you, the script. She's all laid up in bed with a broken you're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio and I am delighted to welcome back to the show two women who always have an opinion about everything under the sun. Kira Burke from Sage and Stone and Carmel McCarthy from EMS Associates are here with me this afternoon. Welcome back, ladies. Thank you, Jerry, and congratulations on your award. Thanks a million. Yes, Thanks indeed. congratulations. M- much God, appreciated. You always seem to bring home awards. You, yeah. you bring oh, home one. the big... Bacon every year. Oh, every bacon, year. bacon. Now you have me going. Oh. I can just think of Kira Burke and Sage and Stone and bacon when you mentioned bacon that. Bacon sandwich. Mm. She should have brought me in a sarnie today when oh, she's on the way. Jerry. Next time, next time. Next, next time, time yeah. if you think of it. Yeah. Thank you for the lovely words. I really do appreciate it. What about, let's begin with this because Akira mentioned it at Carmel uh, just before you arrived. I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Uh, Matt Hancock, and we played a tune earlier on the show. Shh, don't say anything. Um, are you watching it? I am. Because you know what? It's the only show that my children will sit watching TV with me. That and Love Island. So I actually love the fact that they sit down. It's the commonality between like teenagers. You know, they don't they, they don't watch TV anymore. They don't watch what I'm watching. They think I'm just weird and nerdy and blah, blah, blah. So they just watch on their screens. So it's the only programme. So I am watching it. And it's it's so funny. Like Boy, boy George... If he doesn't get kicked out, I'd say by somebody, he's his himself and his Buddhism and whatever. But Matt Hancock arrived yesterday, yes. and to great uh, disgust, I think, from most of the people, and and like they went through a hard time during COVID as, with him as the um, yes the health what was it, the health secretary. 
And, um, you know, and then he had the affair with one of his, his uh, you know, so nothing could, you know, redeem him. Do you did know the, I mean? the fellow contestants give him a hard time? They did. They are giving him a they hard are. time. They are. Well, they're giving him a hard time. Now, he comes across and my kids are like, he's a lovely man, ma'am. I, I think he's a lovely man. And I said, I'm sure he is a lovely man. But do you know what I mean? So the PR for him wasn't good. But this is why he is doing this. Now I know why Trump's elected. He's a lovely man, ma'am. Carmel, do you watch it? No, I don't. If you ask me, do I watch rugby? Do I watch golf? Yeah, I do. Um, I get bored with things like that. Yeah. I'd be going, oh God, no, I can't. You know, I can't. It's pure voyeurism. And it that doesn't appeal to me. Yes. And I'm going, when I saw that he was on it, I was going, in the name of God, uh, what is he doing on it? All right. He obviously has a PR person who says this is what you should do and appear as a nice person and keep, you know, keep the the positive vibe going. Well, it's totally. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's contrived. Then. But I, I think as well, the big thing about him is he's a serving MP. He has a job yeah, to do yeah. and he's gone out there and taken the Queen's shield. I'm just thinking, yeah. what about if one of the Healy Rays went out? What, oh. what would you, how would we feel if one of the Healy Rays went into the jungle? Well, I have to say, Michael oh, yeah. would be unbelievable. Would I, I, like, I think would he'd he? be unbelievable. Like, you don't probably watch it either, Jerry, but I, I watch, watch it that. only yeah. because the kids yeah. love it, right? Yes. And I watch it because it's the only thing they'll watch with me. And we kind of have that commonality. Do you know that kind yeah. of way? Yeah. I think it's, a t- to be honest, I don't really... It doesn't do much for me. I'm going to fall in Carmel's estimation yeah. because yeah. I became a big Love Island fan this year. Oh, well, there you go. I was glued, glued. to it. Oh, Carmel, yeah. I was glued to it. Ek and Sue, Ek yeah. and Sue. And that's yeah. all I could dream of. And, yeah. Louise and Louise has watched it in the past and we were tic-tac and I became addicted to it, Carmel. Yeah. I don't ask me why. But once you get into the characters, you do become addicted to these yeah, things. Yeah, you see, that's the thing. And what I find I get frustrated with then, I'll miss it for a couple of nights or I'd miss something for a few nights and then I go, oh, to hell. And it's probably devoting the time to it yeah. is the problem. And when you're looking at screens all day long, yeah. yes. you're going, no, I can't look at this anymore. You know, but mind you, as when I said, if you asked me, did I watch rugby? If You'd have heard the shouts of me here last week <laughs> oh, with yes. the rugby. You know, because yeah. it's real. Oh, That's, I mean, oh yeah. No, what yeah. a win. La- I oh. hope Louise is listening. Louise is doing sport today with me. I hope she, she is listening carefully yeah. to you. She'll understand now that Ireland beat the world champion South Africa yeah. last week in a remarkable, remarkable game. They're going great, aren't they? Oh. Could we win the World Cup, Kira? Just think about this next year. Well, Little I, Ireland. I, I, think we, I mean, I think we punch above our weight. In, 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 yes. In, as a small country, like look at the cricket there last week and the, the you know even the, the women are doing so well in the soccer the you yes. know for a small, co- a small mm. country like we have and the rugby definitely we are up there in terms of standard and we could we have every chance we have every chance of winning it once we keep believing in ourselves and there's something that happens when they they, they get World Cup into their heads and they yes. lose it a wee bit yes. they've got to get that bit of negativity and it's only a little tiny bit of negativity but the way it can the hunger uh, but yeah, it's also the yeah. media yeah, kind of give them they yeah. pump them yes. up and then pump you see, them up see we're number one in the world now yeah. the exactly. pressure's on but yeah. I think you have a role to play with your New Zealand links huh? <laughs> yes. I think you have a yeah. psychological part yeah. to play must get on to Mr Farrell the manager and tell them I know somebody who can oh yeah well I'll, work I'll, on this. I'll just psych the, the Kiwis <laughs> out of it you know that's alright and I I'm, I won't charge too much for it oh Carmel bad. you're very decent let's yeah. move on from jungle to animals no live animal crib in Dublin this yeah, what do you think? What have you an opinion yeah, on this, Carmel? Well, the way I look at it is, it, the animals have always been there. If it's not broken, don't fix it. I mean, I know that the the Lord Mayor uh, has said, well, we'll have a different experience this year. It'll be interactive and all the rest. But you listen, everywhere you bring the kids now is interactive. Mm. Leave it alone. That's my thoughts. Let the animals be there once. It's safe for the animals and safe for everybody mm. around there. And like, I'm wondering, is it a bottom line thing? Is it costing a lot to bring animals in and mm. having people looking out for them? Is it more that? from the welfare point of view? Yeah, though? yeah but, that's what it's for. But, that's what but it's for. It, like, is it really? Mm. And maybe, I know. Maybe that's my my uh, my bad mind. Look, it's like the vegans, you know what I mean? You know what my, my my opinion on it is? I think they're well looked after when they're there. Yeah. They're well looked after by, you know, if they weren't, oh my God, it'd be all over the news and whatever. But it's all over the news about not wanting them there. But like, 
the circus, you know, yeah, circuses won't be a thing in a few years' time because we won't have animals. Yeah, that's um, gone. That's and gone. And the live animals, this is, a, it won't be happening next year. It'll be another thing of the past. But, I mean, what's wrong with them going up to Stephen's Green? Would that make a difference? Like, if they were in a, in a crib yeah. up there, like, yeah. you know, would they be happy with grass as opposed to, like, I'm sure they're given grass. Oh, I mean, fed well, these, yes. these animals are fed well. And animals love to see people. I know because I have donkeys and, and chickens and, and bits yeah. of And, like, they love to see people. They love the interaction. And, you know, I don't think that it's a bad thing at all. And I think city kids then who don't get a chance to go out to um, a farm or whatever, um, I just think it is a nice thing to do. Mm, it's gone. Though. That's it. It looks like, you know, that's it. There's no reprise the here. The vegans have won again. Well, well animal no, welfare, really. Not not so well, much. Well, animal welfare, well, yeah, where, where have they ever been treated badly? Mm. Never. Where was the proof of them being treated badly? Mm. Yeah. Well, that's a question yeah. that somebody else will have to ask. But I have to say, it'd be more welfare than actually veganism. Leave the vegans alone, Kira. Don't <laughs> don't be on the vegans' backs now. And um, what about the switch? The big switch coming on the seventeenth of December. The real Taoiseach returns. I'm sure Kira Burke is delighted. Leo takes the reins again. Well, in fairness, I think Michael um, has done very well. Mm. I think he's done, and I think Leo, in fairness to them. Has has stepped back and let him. I don't think Leo has done his, um, you know, not his, he hasn't been out in odd socks or gone out in the park to run or, you know, gone out to make a name for himself in any other way. Like he, ha- he hasn't. He's really kind of stepped back and he's just done what he was told. Mm. And I, I admire that. And Michal Martin, you think, has done a good job. I think Michal Martin has yeah. done a good job. Yeah, I'm happy with what Michal Martin has done. And also, too, I think both of them are clear on the roles. So therefore, you know, this is the role you're fitting into now. Mm. You pull back, you move forward. You know, I stepped out, I stepped in again you know that sort of way but um, like considering what we've been through in the last couple of Mm. years you know they both of them did very well I have to say yeah and the other thing is like look at the leaders and the governments that are in other countries at the minute we have a relatively calm Mm. Uh, government, you know, um, getting jobs done, you know, yeah, we're not perfect. It's not perfect. Uh, there is lots to be done. But is it ever going to be perfect no. for everybody? No, it's not. Um, but I just think that we've no far right or far left. It's kind of in the middle and it's kind of trying to keep everybody happy to an extent. But we have another party sitting in the wings waiting for the next election. Oh, who believe... I can't wait to see their manifesto. Because mm. well, I've never yeah. actually heard one. Well, they have policies. Now, in fairness to Sinn Féin, they have, but and they will have to come forward with what they uh, propose. But is it likely that this is going to run term, this government? Do you see an election happening sooner rather than later? Or would no. you prefer to see things just staying as they are for the next couple of years? Well, I think they need to get their job jobs done. I think they need to work very hard on hi- housing, complete some of the promises gotcha. that they've made. Yeah. I think they need to... Com- like, if it's another election, like, we, we're starting all over again. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So you don't get to do the jobs that you're put in to do. Mm. Like, I think, yes, uh, fin- finish the jobs that you, you've started. But also, too, like, we... Everyone is saying we're going into, you know, a slump. Therefore, we don't need, we don't need, uh, you know, politicians knocking at the door at the moment. Mm. We need to just get on and do the work. And like everyone put the shoulder to the wheel Mm. to make things work. So no election for two years. There's a listener. I love it. Santa Jerry will be on an electric sleigh soon. The deer won't be allowed. (laughs) I love that. Probably Elon Musk will have (laughs) put Santa's sleigh together. (laughs) I love it. I love it, I love it. On, on a general sense, you're right. Look at the chaos there's been in the UK. And in since, Northern Ireland. Yeah, I mean, Northern Ireland have no, to get their, their act together. I mean, don't even go there. Yeah. But on the bigger picture, that man with the orange tan and the big quiff in his mm. hair, I think he got a bit of a a bit of a wake-up call, did he? Oh, with the I mid, mean, mid-term elections. Uh, the, absolutely. Wasn't I delighted, you know, basic breath. Uh, but like, having said that, you know, I think uh, Obama had one of the the worst midterms in his time. But, uh, you know, let's hope it keeps going in the right direction there because the la- I think 
the the problem is now Trump is actually on his own because all the p- people that were advising him and supporting him he got rid of mm. and now basically what, what was someone the other day saying on the radio that it's someone who uh, was selling pillows or something like that is now advising him on his strategy <laughs> he'll sleep because, well <laughs> he'll sleep well because he's run out of advisors because he and he had some of the best uh, you know highly oh, qualified yeah, but people look at him. But but sure he knows everything why would he have yeah, an advisor well, that's it. Well, that's true. Could yeah, he be re-elected true. in a ward? Do you think, could he, he's, he probably will declare that he's going to run. Could he I, get in again? Because he would have the backing of lots of money, he could. Could, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and because he's a neck on him, you know, <laughs> yeah. he could. Yeah. I won't finish that statement. Yeah. No, leave like. that <laughs> Back to Trump. I love this, girls. Uh, Jerry, for his tan advisor alone, they're absolutely brutal. How could you vote for him? <laughs> Talking about I, Trump there. He hasn't got a tan advisor. It's a painter and decorator. <laughs> yeah. And he probably goes Power into... washing. Come here. He probably goes into the equivalent of Eddie's and gets one of these big sprays yokes and throws a, yeah, a, a yeah. rake of paint into it. That's well, all he just does. has a bath of tan. He just dips himself in. Oh like, God. Yeah. Conjures up an yeah. image. That the I, Oompa Loompas yeah, come yeah. to yeah. mind for sure. Now let's move on. COP27 is on in Egypt at the moment. Uh, Michal was out there during the week speaking and um, we've been covering it on the show here as well earlier on in the week. And look, the, 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 the warnings of doom are, you know, so severe, Kira, uh, And you know, in this little country of ours, what do you think? Are we doing enough? Well, uh, we're not doing enough. No, none of us are doing enough. I'm trying. I'm trying to, you know, get my solar panels in. I'm trying to get an aerobic digester for my food waste, all that kind of stuff. There's so many obstacles in my way. I've tried to. I've got the funding for it, for my own funding for it, but there's so many government obstacles in my way that need to be just opened up. The other thing is, we have. I was in, in holidays in France there in the summer. It was 42 degrees. 45 one of the days and we were 42 degrees over 40s for about four or five days I'm not jo- joking it was like walk it was like living in a hairdryer it's not livable it's not livable no because I we were in this beautiful place near Bordeaux and a uh, lovely house and thank God it was air conditioned mm. because you couldn't you, couldn't you just go had out. to stay in you had to stay in and that's not part of that's not ho- holiday and the other thing is we are getting not just Ukraines, not just um, people fleeing war. We are getting emigrants, climate emigrants into Ireland on a daily basis. And people need to wake up and not be given out about the emigrants coming in. There's something I never heard, a term I've never heard before. Well, climate that, that, climate, I mean, if you go to, I know there's war in the Yemen and there's war in Syria, and all, but if you look at the blanket of where all of those places are, they are in the 50s, they're in the 40 degrees. Mm. You cannot sustain live to live there. So you are then going to try and, and we have a, like, we have a lovely climate. I mean, I came home from France thinking, do you know what? I'm not going to abroad <laughs> again next year. I'm going to stay in my own country. But here's the thing you are saying, and that's an interesting point too, obstacles to moving greener yes. are there in yes. the way. Yes. Yeah. And I would agree with that. Like a number of years ago, we put in the solar panels for our water and like they're absolutely fantastic. And like we've hot water like for six months of the year and even then the water doesn't go stone cold mm. it, it heats up quicker so like my energy bills used to be zilch during the summer and uh, you know I, I would like now to be able to uh, put in more panels to to supply some electricity and look at different ways of making it easier to do it as I said the obstacles are the problem and you have to go through jump through so many hoops to try and get ground etc like let it start with the individual because mm. if we make changes well then it'll have a, a, an yes. impact on but the you've whole got to thing facilitate. you have to you have to and you <clears> have to make it doable and you they're not making it doable and that's the problem and it's some civil servant that thinks oh yeah this will work that's because they know the system they have to appreciate your ordinary Joe Soap does not know it and I would consider myself a very ordinary Joe Soap when it comes to applying for grants or anything like Mm. that. So make it doable and kind of make it doable on a local level that you're not, that if you need advice on it that you can go in and say to someone can you help me Mm. with this form or help me with the online application. And the other thing is that's one aspect. The other aspect is the wind, look at today, the oh, wind that's God blowing. Sake. Look at the wave power we have. We are not 
really grasping. I yeah. think somebody said to me, there is only one wind farm, really, off the West Coast. I heard this, this is in my mind somewhere. I thought I heard it as a remark. You know, we're behind, we're way behind Big the race. I mean, I have a hill up my field, right? I could power the whole of the league mm. with the wind that's coming down that, mm. that thing. And I've been on to Chagask, I've been on to, you know, about getting a windmill and I'll say, I'll give it back to the grid. If I could get my, my power, yes. I'll give the rest Your of it back turbine. to the, yeah. the grid and uh, give the rest to the local, the, to the neighbours or whatever. No, you know, we're just not ready for it yet and whatever. You know what, I've just, I just, and there was so yeah. many wind power, like windmills, sitting in a dump in Mayo that were put up a few years ago and just left because there was too many objectors as well though, Jerry. too many objections. There, there are objecting rules have to stop. NIMBYs all over the place. Absolutely. And yeah. it's not like there isn't that big loud noise that mm. people say there isn't. There is some noise. But I mean, like if you live beside a train station, you'll get used to the, the train. If you could live live beside the airport, you'll get used to it. So I don't I don't buy that. If mm. your energy bills were cheaper, yeah. you'd get used to that. Absolutely. The, yeah. So, the so the several sand. issues there that really says that right, we're at the cop thing, but we need to cop on ourselves. Well can I just say one other thing? I think we are actually getting very good on the waste end of things mm. in this country, right? And I think we are most of us and we ought to do a little bit better about segregating waste and all that kind of stuff. But America, my daughter was in America in, for the summer. She says, ma'am, why am I um, doing my recycling? They do nothing in America. Mm. Plastic, plastic um, straws, plastic cups, plastic knives, plastic forks, plastic plates, plastic everything in all the takeaways. There was no cardboard. There was no craft. And we are there changing no, there. We, we are, are. We know mm. we are really good because you actually can't get it in Ireland anymore. Yeah. And, and perhaps then we'd be an example to others, but that's alarming to hear that. Let's move on. A big story since you were with me last, of course, is Father Sean Sheehy. And he got up Carmel in the pulpit in County Kerry and he let rip in no uncertain manner. It's, I suppose what he was doing was he was uh, towing the party line for want of a better term like he was saying well this is the way it is in our party they're the rules of the club the the, the rules of the club precisely but there is a manner in which you deliver a message and it's not to feel uh, make people feel alienated Mm. or feel I mean the whole thing about the man above is it's you know, they say God is love. So if he's delivering the message of God, it should be done in such a way that's all inclusive and loving. And, you know, it's wrong because the church has had a bad enough press for the last number of years. So he should wake up and smell the coffee on that. Mm. But like he was he was imported in, wasn't he? Come from America, yes. from the yes. States. Yes. Yes. And I mean, know your audience before you yeah. start spouting out here. Yeah, because you know. it's, it's one of the things in America you can see that's the split. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, Democrat, Republican, yeah. right wing, you know, uh, conservative. You know, you talk about it. That, that's the difference. What do you think? What he said and all. Look, I know so many priests that are actually so lovely and so mm. not right wing like this. I think this is like, you know, he has picked out the rules and he's going to stick by the Catholic Church rules. But I think there are Christian priests, priests out there that would would abhor his comments and would 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 live by, uh, you know, love thy neighbour type of approach. And you know what? Sometimes they're just, I mean, I know one particular priest, he would just go, no, well, he says, everyone is welcome in my church. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So, and I think that's the way, like if that's the way Jesus teachings and all that kind of stuff, that's the way it should be. There shouldn't be, like, the, he's like the Al-Qaeda of, you know, um, Catholic Church. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, too right wing, too extreme. And I think that we all have to go in in the middle. And I think we're not listening to the lovely guys like um, the guy in what's the place that up in up in that got it. They exploded. Yeah. Uh, oh, up, uh, no, no, no Chrysler. He was on the doll the other day, I think, at a, at a mass, saying mass in the doll. And like the guys like him who are just loving type men, mm. priests, you know, is there, time, that's who we have is to Is it time, though, to. for the rules and constitutions to be revamped from Rome? Yeah, well, I'm sure they don't like um, yeah, Pope they have, Francis. 
I know you see that's it because he wants to make change yeah. and he got rid of uh, you know some of the the uh, kind of the ones who are comfortable in their little oh, yeah. positions and yeah. they're out you out now so I think if Francis was given a chance he would revisit everything because he is a very uh, all embracing type of person but it's like know? going into politics and I might think I want to change the world yeah but I go in and I deal with all of the civil servants that I have to um, bring around to my way of thinking. So there's a lot of those who were not shift from the way they're they're mm. they're dealing mm. with. Do you know what I mean? Uh, the bishop was quick to move in and uh, you know say have his say, which was very conciliatory. And yeah. you know what I mean. Said, "Whoa, no, 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 we we, we can't have this." Anyway, one of the big stories uh, that uh, broke since you were with us last. I'm going to leave it there today. I thank you both for joining me on the show. It's great to have you back with us. In we studio. couldn't hear till. Five o'clock. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you good. <laughs> We'd have had the tail, no? <laughs> yeah. Don't forget the bacon butty the next yeah. day. Oh, yeah. Anyway, for the moment, Kira Burke from Sage and Stone into League and Cameron McCarthy from EMS and Associates. Great to see you both. Thank Thanks you for joining us. Thousands of properties vacant, so many looking for a place to live. It doesn't really add up, does it? Well, my next guest has a role to play in this for sure. You may remember him. We spoke to him uh, relatively recently because because his company, Aaron Research, were behind finding the relatives of Nicholas and Hilary Smith, that couple who were found dead. Do you remember that bungalow in Tipperary? They were lying there, they think, for over a year. Yes, well, Aaron Research was uh, a key uh, component of finding relatives, as I said. His other business is EmptyHomes.ie, which he set up four years ago. And the premise of this is, these empty properties I mentioned, to find out again who owns these places? Why are they lying vacant? And can we get them up and running again? I'm delighted to say hello this afternoon once more to Parik Grennan. Hello, Parik. Hello, Jerry. Thank you for, for joining me. Um, I, I want to ask you this first, uh, and people would perhaps be familiar with this. The government set up vacanthomes.ie, okay? And you are emptyhomes.ie. So, will you explain to me w- what differentiates you? Yeah, vacanthomes.ie was set up... Uh, I'd say about a year before our own website Mm. and it was the initiative of Mayo County Council at the time and the idea was that members of the public could report properties to the government all around the country. So you've got concerned citizens who are doing this. They they geolocate a property, property, they take a picture and they submit it to that website. And what happens there is local authorities have access, they can log into that website and look at specific vacant properties that are in their area so they can then try and do something about that. Mm. And our own website, we set it up about a year later because what we do is slightly different. We have a particular skill set, if you like. Um, so we set up our own website back in 2018. And same thing, people are reporting properties to us. And we have a common goal, it's to get these properties back into use. Mm. And what you have, uh, may I say, another string to your bow is the related company, Erin Research, because there's a big synergy between both, isn't there? There is, yeah. Just to give your listeners an idea about what we do at Erin Research, we, we, we we're known as air hunters. Mm. So we track down beneficiaries to estates, mostly for the legal profession. And that involves... Um, Uh, extensive research in many cases that involves looking at wills and grants of probate and building family trees to find relatives of people who've died intestate. Mm. So we use that work in our empty homes work as well. There's uh, an extra layer or two of research, if you like, in some cases with an empty property. But in many cases, the same principle applies. Now, uh, you were featured in a wonderful article, may I say, recently in a sister company of ours, of course, the Sunday Times. We're all in the one group here, LMFM Radio as well. And there were there were specific examples given of where you actually uh, achieved wonderful success. Would you just remind our listeners who probably didn't see that uh, about the two cases, County Cork, County Wexford, 1-2019-1-2018? Yeah, the one down in Wexford, it was a property that was reported to us. It was an old farmer... Um, that had passed away he was made a ward of court and he'd lost mental capacity and wasn't able to or maybe didn't even know who his next of kin were he was an only child um, had no brother he'd no children never married no children his parents predeceased so the question is 
when somebody like that dies intestate, what happens to that property? It could sit there for a long time because mm. the next of kin don't actually realise that they are related or don't know. They might know the man, they might know he's passed away, so nothing happens in that situation. But when we get involved there, what we do is we work those cases and in that particular case we found uh, a, a raft of first cousins still living. There was one or two in Wexford um, and the rest were in the UK. Mm. So what happens then is we prepare a report, solicitors get involved and the estate can then be administered and the property can be sold on the open market. And that happens? You that happens, facilitated yeah. that, we, that sale? We facilitated that. Similar case down in Cork, the one you mentioned, uh, a, a, a lady... Um, Again, her, she was married, but her, she had no children. Her husband predeceased, So we had to look on the maternal and the paternal side of the family tree. Um, and it turned out that there was nobody to find on one side. On the, I think it was on our father's side. But on the other, again, we found first cousins all in the UK. So same principle applies then. The property then can be can be brought back into use. And the bottom line, that is the bottom line, Barry. That is the real upside of this, that a property is made available to be sold and will house another family. That's it. And I mean, I'm of the opinion, and I know this just from our experience, that there's lots of vacant properties out there that this is happening. So if people out there know of such vacant properties, they can report them th- to us through uh, the website emptyhomes.ie we follow up on everything um, just to give you a little bit of, uh, to backtrack a little but when we set this up in 2018 obviously the pandemic hit mm. and that hit us hard in that regard because the places where we needed to go to do this type of research all shut down to the public so we couldn't get access now over time as the pandemic went on um, the the there was uh, online services were provided to people like ourselves. We're up and running now, again, fully, and we've kicked this off again. So we really want to uh, push this initiative, get people to report the properties to us, and we want to see results in terms of getting them back out there as family homes. And there's lots of them. Like, where we sit today, if you look at Dundalk, Navin, Drogheda, Kells, Trim, the big towns, RD, in, in our uh, area here, especially in the heart of these places, you know the debate that's going on about reinvigorating the hearts of all these places that you know have been pulled out of it because of development on the periphery but I'll ask you this as someone that's involved uh, and I'd like to hear your opinion is it again the government's uh, lack of immediate incentive to people who own these places when you identify them say you identify them wherever and you find out who is who to get them you know uh, made habitable again you know what I'm you know yeah. what I'm getting at there are a couple of schemes out there right there's what's known as the, re- the repair and lease scheme mm. there's the buy and renew scheme and now you have the Cree Conia scheme these are all government initiatives to, to try and encourage people to bring these properties back into use now you might ask the question is it enough I know when the repair and lease scheme came into play uh, first uh, I'd say you're looking at five or six years ago uh, there was a grant of 40,000 made available. Now, in many cases, that just simply wasn't enough. Mm. So, you know, the incentive for the, the homeowner who owned a property that needed 70 or 80,000 euro put into it to bring it back into use, 40 still wasn't enough. Mm. So, you know, there was a gap there. Now, I know they've increased that to 60, and I do know that some councils will even bend it a little bit and, and uh, to make just to bring the property back into use. There's mm. different kind of um, attitudes among different councils. That's what I've found over the years. But you now have the Cree Conia, which is, again, it's a 30,000 euro uh, grant for somebody who is like a first-time buyer or a fresh starter, as they call them, somebody who might have gone through a, a breakup or a divorce, you can avail of this grant to bring... Um, it's called... that. There's there's two Creekonia grants. There's the towns and the cities. But what this one is, it's for the towns around Ireland. Just as you say, I drive around the country a lot. Mm. Any of these, you know, secondary towns that we go through, there's vacancy everywhere. Yes. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. And... This grant is aimed at young people who want to bring one of those properties back into use as their pr- uh, primary residence. Mm. You can get a grant of 30,000 or up to 50 if it's deemed derelict. You can get an engineer's report. And if that property is deemed derelict, you can get 50,000. Now, is it enough? Maybe not. But I mean, these people are getting mortgages anyway, so it's definitely a help. Mm. And the idea is, look, let's try and get the, in fairness to the government, let's try and get these properties back into use. And I, I was talking to a guy who has a place and he's looking at it, but he did say to me that there's a not enough incentive at the front end. You know, you understand? There are incentives for him, uh, you know, uh, strung out over a number of years. But he said the 
the government will be better looking at. Now, I know you're talking about direct grants yeah. there, but you know what I'm getting at there as well. I, yeah. I, I do. And just to say, a service that we provide, we've had a couple of cases this week alone, property owners who've, who've come to us and said, look, I've got a property. I don't have the time or I don't want to be dealing with the council. I don't want to have to. So we'll step in there and act as a middleman and do that whole piece for them where we set up the lease and we organise engineers, visits from the council, all of that. So we act as a middleman there, if you like, to facilitate that because some people just don't want to expend the energy that's needed to make that happen. What's your view on penalising owners who sit on properties? Well, <laughs> this vacant home tax—it's been—it's t- coming in next year, I believe. Mm. Um, I, I've been reading about it recently. Um, I don't think the penalties are enough, to be honest. Um, I see situations where they're not going to be able to find owners. So, how do you penalise those individuals? And then you've got the other side of it: is you've got owners who don't want to be penalised unfairly. So, it's 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 a tricky one. It's a mm. tricky one in terms of how that's going to work. But again. I don't think it's a revenue collection exercise. I think it's more of an incentive to try and encourage people to bring them back into use. How do you make a few bob yourself? What? How do you <laughs> well, look, we've a couple of different. There's a couple of different scenarios that we've encountered. Mm. So, if you come to me, Jerry, and say, "Look, there's a property in my neighbourhood. It's down beside my parents' house. I'd love to buy it. I'd love to renovate it. We will look into it and find the owner of that property for you okay. for a fee. So it's mostly fee work, and we do some work for local authorities uh, on a fee basis as well." Emptyhomes.ie Emptyhomes.ie We're up there. We'd really encourage people if you've got a property in your neighbourhood, you're on the way to work, you pass it every day, whatever the case might be, you might be a property owner, you uh, you have a secondary property you want brought back into use, we'd love to hear from you. Parik, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Thank you, Jerry. Knock, knock. Who's there? That's how it works. It's called... Comedy? Comedy. Comedy, comedy. Comedy, sir. Comedy. Comedy. Classic comedy. Classic comedy. On the late lunch. I love comedy. You all know about karaoke. When you're singing on a karaoke, you haven't got a clue that those were words. I was singing um, Take That Back for Good. Wash your back. Wash your back. Wash your back. Want your back? What's this? Want your back. I've been singing Wash your back 15 years. So then when you go on a karaoke and you see lyrics, that's what they're supposed to be singing. You know that song, We Are Family? For years I thought they were singing Just Let Me Staple the Vicar. Right? Who's right and who's wrong here? Listen. All of the people around us, they say, can they be that close? Just let me stay for the record. That's what they sing. Just let me staple the vicar. What's all that about? Just let me stay for the You know Duffy, Duffy the Welsh songstress, last three years I thought that poor cow were begging me for birdseed. Apparently it's mercy, I thought it were birdseed. Carry on giving it birdseed, birdseed! <laughs> Mercy. <laughs> Apparently, according to Michael, your burgers are the best. I can Have one of them burger vans, you know, they have at Funfers doing steak Canadians and hot dogs. <laughs> Speaking of hot dogs, Near, far, you are. I believe the hot dogs go on. got a bit of rivalry here, Michael. <laughs> Celine's peddling hot dogs. It's on his patch. <laughs> Meanwhile, Katie Lang's singing about our souls. Oh. 
don't waste my evenings. <laughs> and that's what's in store next April in Dublin in the Three Arena. The tickets are on sale tomorrow morning at 10am. I'll be in the queue. I hope I get tickets to go and see him. Isn't he just brilliant? The most wonderful Peter Kay back on the road and coming to Dublin next April. Your comedy on late lunch this Friday afternoon. Let's listen for one last time this Friday to our TV theme. Yes, Mr. Matt Hancock is part of the show. We were talking about it earlier on with Kieran Carmel. It is I'm a Celebrity. Get me out of here. Thanks to everybody who was in touch. Loads and loads of entries today. And uh, our prize from late lunch is going to Caroline Cunningham in Drogheda today. Well done to you, Caroline. We'll be in touch to make the arrangements. And... What time is it, mate? Let me have a look at the clock. Ah, yeah, sure it is. It is. Come on, let's do it. It's time for this. The Late Lunch Artist of the Week. Artist of the Week. Shania Twain is in focus on Late Lunch all this week. And I've been alluding to it all week. Her life story really is a modern day Cinderella story. Raised tough in a struggling family. Performing from an early age, the age of eight, to make ends meet orphaned when both her parents died tragically in a car accident and she stepped up to the mark and reared her siblings herself and put her own career on hold until they could make their way in life themselves. An amazing woman. In love life, well, her love life was complicated to say the least. She met and worked with and married Robert Mutt Lang in 1993. She had a son called Asia in 2001. But when it emerged that Lang had an affair with Shania's best friend, Marie-Anne Thibault, right under her nose, they separated in 2008 and divorced two years later. Here's the irony of the whole thing. Shania went on to marry her best friend's former husband, Frederick, on New Year's Day 2011. What an occasion. And they've lived ever since in Switzerland. Did you know this about Shania Twain? She's a committed vegetarian and deeply spiritual, a devotee of Sanmat and Eastern philosophy. And most importantly, for our massive fan base out there, she's coming to Ireland next year. Yes, she's back on the road touring her vast catalogue of wonderful songs, including My Choice Today, a real Shania Twain fans favourite it's Radio Romance yeah. your late lunch Beautiful Miss Shania Twain, my artist of the week. And I was just saying there earlier on that I realised this week, uh, researching her life story and her music, those concerts next year in Dublin will be phenomenal. What nights they're going to be when she comes to Ireland. Anyway, we'll uh, bring you another artist of the week on your late lunch, Monday afternoon after three o'clock. Up next, it's sport as usual, but not as usual, really. Stay with us. It's Sport with Louise, but not as we know it. Not as we know it. Not as we know it. It's Sport with Louise, but not as we know it. It's Sport with Louise. I'm getting a bonus for this. <laughs> You're in. You're filling big boots today instead of David Sheen. We have our Louise taking the sport today. And I'll tell you, she's really come on leaps and bounds since the last yeah, time. I have been coached. <laughs> well, it's a good sporting loads term. Loads to read. <laughs> yes, but, 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 well, well, are you ready to go? Let's begin with yeah. soccer and the Premier League. A uh, question, why is this a very important weekend in the Premier League? Because the last weekend of games until um, after Christmas, after the World uh, Cup finals in Qatar. Whoa, I am <laughs> impressed. So then let's talk about a few of these games. Oh my God, that really has knocked me back on my heels. Let's begin with Wolverhampton Wanderers against Arsenal. Well, Wolves are going to win by letters. Oh. 
alone. <laughs> yes. Very long, isn't it? It's a very long name. Mm. It is a very long name. And there's a long way between them at the bottom of the table because do you know where Arsenal are on the oh, table? Oh, the top. They are. Yes, the league I have leaders. to listen to you every week. They are. <laughs> <laughs> I have who, to know that. Who's going to win this one? I, I'm going to I'm going to go with Arsenal. Okay, an yeah. away win there for Arsenal. Now, the other big game, well, there's two other big ones, but mm. next one, Newcastle against Chelsea. Do you know anything about either of these? Newcastle are going really well. Ooh. Mm, so who do you reckon are going to win? I Yeah, can we move on that? Who do you think is going to win there? I think Newcastle will beat Chelsea. Oh, do you? Okay. What do you think? I don't know. I just know about the next one because I know Tottenham yeah. could end up the third in the league if they beat Leeds and if Newcastle win. Am I right? Because you know more than I know. Yeah. I'd say you're not far off. Tottenham, Leeds. Uh, and their Spurs are the favourites. They are. Notice I said Spurs. But do you know what about Leeds? Uh, they won the last two in a row, but before that... Uh, <laughs> I don't know anything. <laughs> she and you're sacked. She knows too much, this one. Yeah, Leeds have won the last two. So go on, who are you going? You're going for Tottenham there, are you? Against um, Leeds. I'll go Tottenham Hotspurs. Mm. Yeah, I think Tottenham have to be favourites to win that one. Let's move on to GAA. And I know you're a big fan of ladies football mm-hmm. in Mead, Louise. Especially Mead, yes. Mead and ladies. this weekend, Screen play Longford Slashers in the Leinster Ladies Final. On Sunday. What about this one? Yeah. Uh, can I just say that um, uh, I found out that Longford Slashers are named after Miles the Slasher O'Reilly, who was an Irish patriot in the 1600s. Just, you know, because it is an unusual name. <laughs> I just had to look that up. I never knew this segment was the history of sport, but there you go. We, we, we'll take everything that, that, that's been given to us today by our uh, sports previewer, previewer Miss Louise Walsh. That's interesting about Longford Slashers. Anyway, screen against Longford, you're going to yeah, go. Yeah, it's going for. to be tough because Longford okay. Slashers lost last year's Leinster final. Okay. And so they're looking to go one better. And I think they're four in a row Longford senior champions. Are they? Yeah. But we're obviously going to side with Screen. Okay, we'll go for Screen in that Who are being managed by the former Meath manager, Mick O'Dowd. There you go. And his sister, we interviewed on this show when you were off. Uh, We did indeed. And uh, we wish her luck. She'll be there supporting them uh, the weekend. Now, two hurling games uh, in Mm. Leinster. Your club are playing. St. Feckins are playing Kilcool in the Leinster Junior Hurling quarterfinal. They are. They are. Do you fancy them? Of course. <laughs> she always I'm not going to go against them. <laughs> and Kukul's a Wicklow, by the way. Just it it <laughs> is indeed. <laughs> I looked that up too. <laughs> You're going for the oh my God. And the other one is Trim, uh, the tidiest town in Ireland, mm-hmm. up against. They'll have to pick up the water bottles after them. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have a sports review like this on any other radio station in these they islands this weekend. They're playing Dainsford, which is in Kilkenny. Now, remember, now. you know how good Kilkenny are at Harlem, yes, don't you? Absolutely. I don't have to remind you. Yeah, and they've won this competition in eight of the last nine years. Dainsford? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, and a Meath team has only won it once, um, Clemesson in 2008, so Trim are really up against it. <gasps> Thanks, David Jean. <laughs> 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 so Dane they're up against it they are yeah. you have to say they're up against it so we'd, we'd go for Danesforth there reluctantly against our representatives Trim yeah. would we but we'll go, go we'll still we'll go with Trim for being um, go good in the clean up yeah, yeah they're going to clean up in yeah. Kilkenny they certainly are Kilkenny another very tidy town and today we're going to finish off with Rugby Union mm-hmm. Ireland are playing Fiji. It has to be Fiji, isn't it's it? It's Fiji, yeah. Right. <laughs> I misspelt it there. It's Fiji, yeah. Ireland and Fiji. What do you think? So you're going to go with Ireland, I'd oh, imagine. Yes. Yeah? Yes. Like When is that being played? Uh, Saturday. Okay. That's tomorrow. All right. That's so Ireland and, and, and Fiji. Um, and Ireland, you know, we mentioned it earlier there with the girls. They beat the world champion South Africa last week. Mm-hmm. Ireland are number one in the world. So we'd expect... To you win. Know, they beat Fiji in this one. These are okay. the autumn internationals. But you know, Louise, it's all aimed at the build-up to next year's World Cup, uh, where we will be hoping that the boys in green can do it and become world champions. It'll be something else if they do. And just a mention for Munster, they beat South Africa last night in Cork. 41,000 people at the game. Oh my God, it was unbelievable. And Munster beat uh, South Africa last night. So we've got to give them a shout out. Uh, really, really well done. I'm, 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 I'm absolutely I'm gobsmacked here yeah, I really I? am gobsmacked brilliant absolutely brilliant round of applause for our Louise with our, with our sporting preview and I preview even looked the up the kits and the, you know what the colours <laughs> that they wear and everything <laughs>
<laughs> anyway. We tussle with that with next week. <laughs> we, well done to you. Thank you so much for helping <laughs> us out with the sport today. Anyway, you know it's a big day in our family. I'm going to mention it in a moment, Louise. But first of all, thanks to all our guests who joined us this week. Uh, to you, our listeners, and especially to you, Louise. Couldn't do this without you. Thank you so much indeed for all you do for us. And today it is a big day in the Kelly family because my grandson, Harry Louise, is one today. One. Wow, how did that one year today. go? Where did it go? Happy birthday, Harry Kelly. And I know that comes in from all of us in the family and especially from his mammy, Shauna, his dad, Jared, and sister Pippa, who's really looking forward to the birthday party tomorrow. Yeah. We're going to have a birthday party tomorrow. We really are. But anyway, he's one today and we're so proud of him and we love him to bits. I want to dedicate this song this afternoon to my grandson, Harry, on his birthday. I know he loves this one. He dances about every time he hears it. It's Dance Monkey from Tones and I. Happy birthday, Harry. See you Monday, folks. 1.30. FM Podcasts. With CNC Carpets, we bring the showroom to you. Or book a new showroom appointment on 87 Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.